What's happening, everybody? My name is Julius. And I'm Angel. Angel, do you know it's time? It's time. But what for? The what four. four? It's four. It's time. It's the fantastic four. It's time. Finally. It's finally time for part two. Now, ladies and gentlemen, first of all, I want to apologize because Angel and I were trying to make this happen earlier so you could get this on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, it's a fantastic four. You know, it's all about family. It's all about loving each other and caring for each other. And that's what Thanksgiving is. You know, it's turkey and love, basically. Unless you're like a vegan or something, yeah. So or Native American, or, or exactly, you know. <laughs> Unless you don't believe that shit at all. <laughs> yeah. Celebrate Thanksgiving for the right reasons for for family. Right, exactly. You know the the classic photo of the family together. Yeah, actually, I think the Fantastic Four. There is a Fantastic Four uh, art or a, a painting that homages that classic Thanksgiving Day photo. Really? Oh. Yeah, it's beautiful. Oh, I think you're right. Yeah, and it. I love it. But Angel, what exactly are we going to be talking about right now? We're going to be talking about a sequel pitch <laughs> to your fantastic first sequel pitch. <laughs> or the one that came before the sequel. <laughs> uh, it was great. You gave Thank your you. your version of uh, the Fantastic Four, implementing them into the MCU, what they would look like. And uh, it was awesome. Thank you. It was epic. Thank you. Do you, do you remember the name of it? Uh, I think it was... I'm sorry, I, I'm confusing it with Future Foundation. Found, Fantastic Four Foundation. That's what it was. Yes. Fantastic Four Foundation. Now, I know it's been a couple months since we've done it. Uh, I, we were supposed to do it in October, Yeah. but it wasn't ready. It wasn't as ready as I was hoping it would be. Uh, you want to make sure it, it works. You yeah. know, you want to make sure the story and the structure is there. Hopefully yeah. it is today. Yeah, um, I'm sure it will be. But Angel... Can you tell the people a little bit about the directions that were gone in Fantastic Four Foundation mm -hmm. uh, and some of the hopes that you hope for in this? So I remember from your pitch, mm. some of the biggest takeaways that I got from it were they were all uh, at, at school together. Reed was a professor, and I believe uh, so was Ben Grimm. So we had, uh, like you said, Reed as a professor, mm -hmm. Ben is a professor, Sue is a professor, um, and Johnny is a student. Taking Reed's class, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, that's so cool. I love that dynamic already. Uh, having them all there in the same place, mm -hmm. their relationships growing in that environment, I think is really cool. Right. Uh, you had Ben Grimm married to Sue Storm, which yeah. was super controversial. Right. So the, the premise is <laughs> just so, because that's a bullet right there. Yeah. Uh, we had... The characters, Reed Richards, Johnny, Reed Richards, who was uh, uh, engaged yeah. at the time to Susan Storm, they were going to be married later in the year. Uh, ben Grimm was there, a professor right. at MIT. Johnny Storm was a student who was there because Sue got him in. Victor, Victor Von Doom was a partner of Reed at this uh, project that they had working called the Future Foundation, mm -hmm. which was this scholarly program that would elevate people in science, deal with multidimensional, uh, uh, you know, exploration, all that good shit, all that good cosmic shit. The significance of this MIT setting is that it was when Tony Stark was presenting BARF right. at MIT in 2016 during the events of Civil War. 
So they were there at that conference. And then they got the grant from Tony Stark. The Future Foundation was funded for their project so they could finally do it. And that is when the infamous accident happens where they Mm. turn into who they become. And eight years later, because I cut it eight years later after that event, it was after Endgame. It was 2024, I think. And what happens is Reed is completely alone. Reed is someone who is just a recluse. He doesn't deal with people. But he finds out that he has a chance to turn himself and his former friends back together. Or or back to what they were. Back to normal. He finds uh, Johnny Storm, who is a street performer. Who's someone who used to be all about the, the, the celebrity lifestyle. He tried it. He failed. He's on the street performing flame tricks he finds ben Grimm, who is married to susan storm Mm -hmm. Uh, like you said controversial people don't like that and it's just a choice i made because i thought it would add a lot of good family drama a lot of good dynamics and stuff uh but the reason they're together is because reed left reed thought of the experiment as a failure he failed his people he failed susan who's a very big part of it and he just said fuck I'm done. So after that, he gets them together. He tries making the experiment work again, but mm-hmm. he creates giant crashes in the multiverse. We got mole men, zombies, monsters, all these different things crashing in, and they have to stop it. And they come together, and then they are the Fantastic Four after that. There's no villain in the film. It's just them t- coming together as a family. And Reed gets over his uh, past wants and bullshit like that and... He just becomes a better man, ideally. That's fire. He sees a therapist throughout the film, and the therapist turns out to be Doctor Strange. And then the movie ends with a family therapy session. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so what do you, after hearing that, what are some of the takeaways you get, like emotionally, if any? Because this um, isn't just a Julius Jerkoff fest. No, <laughs> be no. honest, you know. No, I loved it. I mean, mm-hmm. if you if you listen to that previous video, you can hear. Uh, you know, our entire conversation after your pitch, but like, I, I just love the fact that it, it makes sense uh, in this world. Like, I love the way that you, you put them in the world. I think it, it fits so perfectly. I love their, them toying with extra, with all the dimensions and stuff and mm-hmm. opening up all these, cause it, it, I feel like it'll, it's a perfect tease to the multiverse yeah. Uh, which I believe will be the next saga. It will be the multiverse saga, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, and hopefully with Doom as the lead antagonist mm. for that, like Thanos was for the Infinity Saga. Oh, man. And one thing I forgot to mention in terms of narrative was a post credit scene mm. where Reed was in his room or his lab or whatever, just toying with the ultimate nullifier, which was the device that he used to take care of business. Yeah. And he's approached by an older... Reed Richards from an alternate universe played by Ian Grufford, who was the Reed Richards from the original Fantastic Four film with Chris Evans. That would be awesome. And he comes up to him and he's like, oh, so you're the new guy. That would be awesome. Yeah. I know a lot of people don't like that Fantastic Four, the the, the first two in Rise of Silver Surfer. (laughs) I don't even like them. (laughs) I loved them. I loved them. And I loved him as Mr. Fantastic. So that would be a really cool tie-in. Yeah. Because technically, 
every single Marvel movie that's come out could be part of the multiverse. They are, and that would be a nice little a little a payoff. And who knows? Maybe there 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 could be a chance for Chris Evans to reprise uh, Human Torch for a small cameo. You know? Like, yeah, hey, I'm done guy, with Captain America. That guy looks like Cap. You know? I think that'd be funny. <laughs> Cap, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> so, Angel, what are you expecting from this? I'm expecting to see Doom. Mm. I'm expecting mm. for Doom to come. I'm Doomsday. For him to level up. I'm expecting for maybe the uh, the reignition of Luke and Sue's relationship. Mm. I do think it's 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 integral to the Fantastic Four. I did like where you did take uh, you know Ben and Sue. Mm-hmm. For that story, I think it worked. I think it it highlighted the the consequence of Reed Richards getting into his head, being someone like him, right? Yeah, you the know? realities of it. Yeah, and I I I feel like the them reigniting their chemistry is like a step forward of of progress mm-hmm. of rebuilding, and uh, you know just coming together as a family. Mm-hmm. I think them all understanding their roles, their dynamics is something that I'm looking forward to here. <laughs> You're expecting Ben to be like, take my wife, please. <laughs> 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 all right. Well, is it, should we get into it? This Let's is fucking get into it. Is Fantastic Four second chance. Second chance. I love that. It's Everybody what deserves it's, one. <laughs> it's what you're hoping for. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready, Angel? I'm ready. You need your popcorn? (laughs) All right. (laughs) Our story begins in a New England chapel on the 12th of October, 2016. There's a mid-30s Reed Richards, and he's reciting his vows to an early 30s Susan Storm. Ben Grimm, late 30s, bulky, charming, stands as Reed's best man. Susan's younger brother, Johnny, early 20s, presents the rings to the couple. They're surrounded by friends and family, some of their fellow teachers that work at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology along with them. The couple put their rings on and they say, I do, and they kiss. The crowd applauds the new man and wife. Amongst the crowd stands an older man in his early 30s or early 40s, excuse me. He's clean shaven and he looks very similar to the just married Reed. This man is Reed Richards of Earth 616, our hero of this story. He exits the chapel, passing a young cameraman who is taping the special occasion. It's revealed that this Earth is Earth 965. Outside of the chapel, our Reed meets with another version of himself, Reed from 215 Earth. And this is the Reed played by Ian Grufford. He asks our hero if he found what he was looking for. Our Reed responds, I'm not too sure yet. The two Reeds have been exploring the multiverse on and off for the past seven months. Ever since the walls of reality were closed by Reed in the first film, he has become a person of interest to Reed 215 and some of his friends. 215 tells Reed that tomorrow he's going to introduce him to something that he'll find most intriguing. Reed tells him to come after 9 p.m. since he has a family dinner to make tomorrow night. 215 gets the... he, He understands what he means... And they're set for after at 9 p.m. 215 sends Reed back to his home of New York, Earth 616. 
A portal opens and Reed's office at the Baxter building. He steps out and hears his teapot whistling. He stretches his eight-foot arm for a cup as the portal behind him closes. He sips his drink and he looks out the window, enjoying the view of New York City. While drinking the tea, Reed walks through the halls of the Baxter building, seeing fellow scientists working on projects and greeting him. He is well-respected amongst his peers and employees. The Baxter building is not just Reed's home, but the most elite school for sciences in New York. Its name? The Future Foundation. Reed passes students greeting them, shaking hands with some, and sees classes being taught by different professors. Reed passes Baxter's head of security, Willie, who has a 70s badass big Lieber mustache. They nod at each other as the security guard uh, confiscates some weed from a young student. The student claims that he got it from the gym teacher. Hey, yo, Human Torch told me to get Liddy. <laughs> Reed runs into a young student, a 15-year-old girl with blonde hair with precious blue eyes. She looks very familiar. The young girl is nervous and starstruck at Dr. Richards. She introduces herself as Val. Reed is pleased to meet her and notices that she's a diligent student, seeing the amount of books and homework she's carrying. He tells her to keep it up, and maybe one day she'll be the next Einstein. Val tells Reed that she'd rather be the next Rosalind Franklin, a respected chemist and x-ray crystallographer. Her work helped us understand the molecular structure of DNA, RNA, you know, elementary. Reed smiles and calls her the best student he never had. The con he continues down the hallways. A young man approaches Val. He too is 15 and blonde with two blues. He's the twin of the young girl and goes by Frank. He says, let me guess, that old guy is who we think it is. She says, yeah, and tells her brother to show some respect. Frank is cocky and messes her with the sister, and she tells him that they better get to class. Reed finally enters the gym, where all the students are watching in awe as the coolest superhero on campus flies before them, leaving smoke in his wake, the Human Torch. He lands in front of them and works on the charm on his class. Johnny Storm, a near-30 superhero, gym teacher, disperses the class, telling them to run drills or whatever. Reed approaches Professor Storm, telling him that he can't be selling the students weed. Johnny denies it, saying that he doesn't sell, but encourage the kids who want to flame off. <laughs> Reed asks Johnny if he's still on for tonight at 7. Johnny's agents had a date with a famous pop star set up, but it was canceled because they couldn't agree on if they wanted paparazzi there or not, and who would get more coverage. Who was it? Oh, well, I send an NDA form, but she's a true dazzler. He'll see him tonight. Cut to Reed in the garage, talking to his oldest friend, Ben Grimm. Or as the public and the student body know him as, The Thing. And The Thing, obviously, is giant, covered in rocks, but he's confident. Laying on an extra-large bench, he's working on the engine of a very special project of his. A dream he always had when he bought his first Ford Mustang in 1989. But it's a special surprise for his wife, Sue, to see. He asks for Reed's advice and shows him under the hood. Reed is impressed with Ben's creativity and suggests that he reverse the polarity in this area and he should be good within a week. Reed asks what the occasion is. Ben tells him nine years of him and Sue's marriage. Reed is quiet, and it's a bit of an awkward moment between the two. Reed tells him, that's great. Uh, dinner at seven? Ben looks to forward to it, and Reed asks where he can find Sue. Cut to Susan Storm, blonde, early 40s, invisible-ish in a bioengineering lab. She wears a special blue radiation suit, a suit that's been the staple of our four heroes in the public eye. 
She's continuing continuing examination of zombie Willie's corpse. And this is the corpse from the alternate dimension brought in in the last film. She asked herself out loud, how do bacterian cells function within a zombie? Reed approaches her, answering, because the bacteria and cells were the source of the mutation. Sue greets Reed, telling him that it's an interesting theory and that whatever universe this version of Willie came from, it must have been a hellhole. Reed jokes, maybe it was hell itself. Reed asks if she's coming to family dinner, and Sue playfully says that she can't since she has a date with a zombie and he can't tell Ben. Reed and her laugh, and she says that of course she'll be there. Reed is very excited to hear it and heads out. Before he goes, Sue asks him, what's up? She hasn't seen him this happy in years. Reed tells him, or tells her, that he just woke up from a really good dream of his. <laughs> Later at 7 p.m., our family is gathered in Reed's office, sitting around a table filled with food cooked by Reed. Johnny remarks that the food actually doesn't look terrible, and Reed tells him that it's a, a recipe is just a formula, and those are his forte. Johnny posts a picture of the food on the official F4 Instagram page. He gets 50,000 likes within three minutes. Hashtag forever grateful. The family sits and eats, discussing their day and what's been going on. Ben tells Johnny to stop hitting on all his students. Every other question in Ben's classes, can you introduce me to the hot guy? Why won't he message me back? I DM'd in everything. Sue tells her little brother to cool it with the ladies. Johnny asks her, did you really just tell me to cool off? The family laughs and Reed watches it all happen. He enjoys the dinner more than anyone. It's not 8.30 p.m. and the dinner is over. Johnny heads to his quarters to pass out after that nuke of a meal. Ben tells Sue that she's going to turn in, giving her a kiss while Reed averts his eyes. The two leave Sue and Reed to clean everything up. Reed and Sue help each other with the dishes and make each other laugh, telling stories about their students. As they clean up, they naturally get closer and closer and closer without noticing it. They look at each other and they're shoulder to shoulder. Suddenly, it feels like it's eight years ago at MIT. Reed tells Sue that from the kitchen, he could reach all the way over to the living room to turn out the light. Sue says that that could be nice, but wrong. While looking deeply into each other, they notice that Reed has his arm wrapped around Sue's waist, and her hand is on his chest. She tugs away from his hold. She turns invisible and leaves Reed in the office. Reed is alone. At Sue's apartment, she wakes Ben up, having to talk to him. Ben is worried, seeing her red face and wet eyes. He asks, what happened? Back at Reed's apartment, he catches his breath and notices it's 8.58 p.m. He hurries while cleaning himself up, putting on his blue super suit. A portal opens behind him, 9 p.m. sharp. Out walks Reed215 and notices that Reed is irritated. He asks him if he's all right. Reed just wants to get some interdimensional air and is ready to, for the adventure. He's escorted through the portal by the alternate version of himself. Reed and 215 exit the portal on the other side, entering a great hall carved in obsidian. The hall is empty, and Reed looks out a window. Through the window, he sees a vast nothingness. He's in the negative zone. But how? How are they able to survive in this? And where are the interdimensional creatures he sent there back at the end of the first film? All questions in due time will be answered. Reed is taken to a doorway at the end. 215 introduces Reed to others, but not just others. Others of himself. The great room is filled with countless alternate versions of Reed Richards <laughs> from alternate points of the multiverse. 
The great room is surrounded by different portals leading to other universes. Other versions of Reed enter and exit the portals. It's a bonanza. It's a complete Reed fest right now. We got Octopus Reed. We got Sorcerer Supreme Reed. We got a Hulk Reed. <laughs> 215 welcomes our hero to the Interdimensional Council of Reeds. Their mission? To explore the ever-vastness of the multiverse and document their findings. Scientists acting as interdimensional cartographers. Map makers, for those who don't know what a cartographer is. Reed is taken by 2 and 5 deeper into the council so he can meet the head of everything, the leader of the council of Reeds. The head of the council has been waiting to meet Reed for quite some time. The two enter an enclosed room, separated from the other Reeds. 215 introduces our hero to Reed Richards of Earth 1610. And this Reed Richards is played by Miles Teller. Ooh. S- smarter than all the other no, reeds. <laughs> smarter than all the other reeds and younger than any of them. Uh. 1610 has been waiting to meet Reed. The reason that they didn't meet seven months ago was because they wanted to make sure he wasn't a threat, which was a big question for the council. Since their base of operations is established in the negative zone, the council learned about Reed and his Earth when he sent the multi-dimensional creatures there in the first film. He had to destroy the creatures. The freaking Miles Teller Reed had to destroy those bitches. Only, (laughs) Only one other Reed has been able to figure out how to open the walls of reality, and that's the head of the council. The Miles Teller Reed figured out the key to interdimensional travel years ago by himself. He established the Council of Reeds, trying to find another who understood the science so they could explore it deeper. Our Reed is flattered and amazed that someone so young could be so spirited in scientific theory. 1610 Reed asks, Weren't you at my age? The two Reeds shake hands. 1610 asks for Reed's help in exploring the depths of the multiverse. Reed is flattered, excited, and ready. He accepts. Our Reed tells 1610 and uh, 215 that he can't wait to tell his family about this. The Miles Teller Reed becomes a bit distant, and it's very noticeable. 215 butts in and tells our hero that the council is only meant for Reed's. As harsh as it sounds, they're doing very serious work there, and other people could come as a distraction. Reed questions this, asking why something so important should be a secret. 215 tells him that the multiverse contains threats that need to be studied, not attacked, and outside interference would lead to a militaristic solution. 1610 affirms to Reed, saying, Reed, we're not just scientists. We're the best, so we have to act like it. Reed is conflicted, but recognizes the importance of the council and agrees to the terms. He goes back home. The next morning, Reed is awoken by Soon, who sits in his kitchen, waiting for him to wake up. He pours them both some tea. Sue wants to talk about what happened the night before, but Reed tells her that nothing happened. He assures her that he was just a little drunk and everything is okay. Sue looks at him and sees he's drenched in denial. Sue asks if there's anything Reed needs to tell her because the school will suffer with a giant elephant in the room. Sue mentions that her and Ben are at the Baxter building with Reed because they wanted to help these kids and that everything between the three of them was resolved. She begs Reed to help her work out their problems. Reed stays silent, but Sue and Sue is disappointed. She leaves his apartment saying that they should take some time treating each other as colleagues more so than family. Mm -hmm. Reed is left alone with that thought stewing in his mind. He's hurt by her words, and he's angry. He gets a message from the head of the council asking if he's ready to go to work. A portal is open for him and Reed. A bit of a 
and a bit out of spite, he leaves. Several weeks pass, a montage of Reed at the Baxter building, filling his time until he can go to the council. His family recognize this as they slowly miss him. Sue sees this more than anyone else. She partially regrets the severity of her comments. Reed gets increasingly tired as he works two jobs, basically, at the Baxter with his family and at the council with the 1610. But he's more neglectful in his own reality. When with the 1610 Reed... They're building technology that can view the multiverse as a giant, ever-growing map. It's beautiful and hard for Reed to believe. They're having a great time together, letting science lead them. When at home, Reed is more impatient and quick to judge. After weeks of avoiding his home, Reed is at the council with 1610. They're taking down data of new worlds discovered. 1610 has been meaning to ask Reed exactly how he was able to open a portal to send the interdimensional creatures back in the first film. Reed tells him that it was due to a prototype device he had at home called the Ultimate Nullifier. 1610 looks at him and says, impressive. It's late, and Reed has an upcoming family dinner to make. He has to leave. 1610 Reed will stay and continue their work. Reed asks him if he doesn't have a family to go to. 1610 tells him that his family moved on from him. Now he's focused on the work. The council is his home. 1610 asks Reed to bring the prototype ultimate nullifier next time that they meet. Reed agrees and leaves in a hurry. Reed makes it back to the Baxter building in his own universe, late to his dinner, where his family is around the table waiting for him. Sue is there as well, a bit awkwardly, but she wants to mend ties. Once he sits, Johnny takes another picture for the Instagram, hashtag taking forever. Reed is quiet and distant. It's very noticeable. Ben tells a story about his class and how these two twins are really something else. They knew every answer to every question before he asked it. It was wild, and he suspects that they might be cheating. Johnny teases Ben, asking if he added the flames to his new project. Ben tells him to shut up so Sue won't be spoiled on the surprise for her. Sue is curious and excited. She asks Reed if he knows anything about it. Reed's impatience, it takes over. He snaps at Sue, yelling at her, telling her that he doesn't know what the damn thing is. The table is quiet. Ben, who sits across from his shocked wife, is about to tell Reed off. But he get, he, before he gets the chance, Sue gets up saying that it's okay, and he leaves dinner. Ben asks what the hell Reed's problem is. He's quiet and regretful. Johnny goes on after his sister to see how she is. Ben and Reed sit at the table together. Outside in a distant hall, Johnny hugs his crying sister. At the table, the old friends sit. Ben tells Reed that Sue told him about the moment between them. Reed is scared, but Ben tells him that he and Sue talked about it for hours and hours. She confessed like she was Catholic. Ben felt that guilt emanating from his wife. Now things are iffy between them, but she's trying her damnedest to make things okay, while he's worried over their future. Ben thought that he and Reed were okay. That's what he told him. Reed apologizes. Hurting Sue or him is the last thing he'd ever want to do. Ben tells him not to let it happen again. He gets up and leaves Reed behind. He sits alone in his apartment. His interdimensional beeper notifies that the council is calling him, but he mutes it. Reed goes to bed. The next morning, Reed wakes up to the smell of fresh tea brewing. He thinks Sue is in there, but it's Johnny in his kitchen, using his finger to boil a pot. He tells Reed that he was a real dick the night before, and Reed knows it. Reed didn't know that Johnny drank tea, and Johnny tells him that his agents want him to start a new diet so that he can keep his physique intact. 
<laughs> tea can help ease his mind when freaking out, whether to eat a donut or a carrot. Reed mentions that he's looking a bit thin and to add some weight. Johnny can't. He signed a contract saying that he'd be under 5% body fat for an upcoming TV appearance. Reed asks Johnny if, his, if Sue is doing okay. Johnny asks, or Johnny tells him that an apology would be a good start. And he, and he hands him a cup of chamomile. Reed mentions that he gives some good advice for someone on their phone all the time. Johnny has to keep up appearances to keep his fame intact, but sometimes he feels like it was a big mistake. All these agents, these fans, even students treat him like a carnival ride. What the hell was he thinking? <laughs> Reed tells him that he wasn't. Johnny chuckles. The two clink their glasses, sip their drinks, and try to start the day off right. Later, school is in session, and Reed walks through the halls. He's greeted by students and faculty. As usual, he interdimensional, his interdimensional beeper buzzes again. It doesn't stop through the halls, and Reed eventually unplugs it. Dr. Richards enters Sue's classroom, where she gives a lecture on the work of Marie Curie. Reed notices the two twins, Val and Frank, are in the class. She notices that Reed and gives her class a reading assignment and steps out with him. Reed is surprised that Sue is up to teach after the drama last night. She tells him that someone has to look out for the kids, even if their hero won't. Reed apologizes to Sue. He's sorry for being so distant. Sue tells him firmly that the few seconds they shared was just a heat of the moment thing. She asks Reed what it is that he thinks he's going to get from her. Before he can answer, he's called from behind by name. Down the hall, walking up to the two, is Reed from 1610 Universe. Our Reed is surprised and tries to keep his cool as 1610 approaches. Reed introduces Sue to 1610 as Philip, a new student. Philip is a bit nervous as he shakes Sue's hand, but polite nonetheless. Philip asks if Reed has those notes ready for him, and Reed does. They leave Sue back to her class, but Reed tells her that they'll finish this conversation later. The two doppelgangers enter Reed's office. Reed asks why 1610 didn't tell him he was coming to his world, but Reed didn't answer the calls. 1610 needs his help on their research immediately. Reed freaks out and tells him that he's close to losing his family again. Does 1610 even get that? Reed 1610 tells him that his counterpart is ignorant and that his universe and family were killed. One day out of the blue, something came to my world and destroyed everything and everyone. Flashback. Reed is in the 1610 universe, the Fant Forstick universe. We see his family, Sue, Johnny, and Ben. From that movie, the streets of New York are in panic as the skies darken. Reed has a device in his hands that could save the four of them, but all around him, buildings are falling over. Reed watches his family destroyed in front of him. He uses the device to save himself. Back in Reed's office, he tells 1610 that he's sorry. 1610 tells him that it's okay and that he knows why family is important, but the work they're doing could save countless others from the fate of his universe, and it must be continued. No matter what, he won't be slowed down. 1610 tells Reed that he'll let him know that he's ready and when he's ready for Reed to come back to the council. He's, he opens a, a portal and leaves Reed in his office. Reed walks through the halls once again, thinking about the words of his doppelganger. He peeks through windows, seeing students taught by his family, Johnny entertaining some students, Ben wrapping up his engineering class, Sue tutoring some students. If family is so important, should Reed keep lying to his? Eventually, the lies will fall on top of each other, and he'll be crushed under the pressure, losing not just his family, but his self-respect. 
Suddenly, Reed remembers what 1610 said. The research must continue no matter what. I won't be slowed down. Reed ponders it. And then, suddenly, he rushes back to his office and throws his paperwork and equipment all over. It isn't there. Where is it? Where is it? Johnny enters Reed's office, wanting a selfie of the two of them sipping on some tea. The agents thought it'd be a good idea to push a balanced diet. But before he can finish his sentence, Johnny asks Reed why he's freaking out. What is he looking for? Reed's answer? The ultimate nullifier. Meanwhile, in Ben's office, he's joined by Sue. As they sit across the students... The two twins from earlier, Val and Frank, Ben asks them how they know the answers are to all the questions before they're asked. Frank, in a snarky asshole fashion, suggests that he and his sisters are very good at studying. Ben thinks that they're even better at cheating. Val butts in saying that they're just very eager to learn and that they've done their own research regarding the curriculum. Suddenly, Reed and Johnny burst into Ben's office, interrupting the meeting. It's an emergency. Reed needs the four of them to get together to make a plan. Frank chimes in, saying that he knows what for, but Ben says, Shut up, smartass. <laughs> Frank keeps going, asking if it's some interdimensional trouble. The rest of the room is quiet, and Val tells her brother to shut up. Reed is stunned, asking how he could possibly know that. Frank answers, So, which convoluted story do we tell you first, yours or ours? Later, in Reed's office, he finishes catching Sue, Ben, Johnny, Val, and Frank up to speed on the council. His past seven months, the other reads, and why he's been so distant. The room is silent until Johnny interjects. A universe filled with no one but you? How does it repopulate if everyone there's a virgin? Reed now <laughs> asks Val and Frank how they know about this already. Their story? They're from an alternate Earth. Earth 965 to be exact. They are the children of Reed Richards and Susan Storm. Their real names are Valeria and Franklin Richards. Reed and Sue look at each other. The room is silent. Reed and Sue look away from each other. Johnny is looking up from his phone in disbelief. Ben stands there with his head hanging, hopeless. The twins found out about the multiverse because of our Reed. Flashback. A young Valeria and Franklin who are nine years old, are in their family attic looking at old devices, a prototype for a robot called Herbie, an old camera. They plug in the camera and watch old footage of their mom and dad's wedding. The video is labeled October 12th, 2016. They smile as their parents re read their vows to each other. While the footage is shot by the young cameraman, Reed from the 616 universe passes in front of the lens. He's caught in front of the camera very quickly, but still visibly. The young Valeria and Franklin are stunned. They see another version of their father, but he's older and hiding. At that moment, they believed in the multiverse. We see a montage of the twins growing up and researching the multiverse and crafting technology. They build a successful interdimensional transporter, because they're geniuses, and go off to explore the unknown, eventually discovering the 616 universe and the older Reed that attended their parents' wedding. Back at the present, Reed is stunned and can't help but stare at the children. His fantasy traveled through time and space to find him. Johnny, trying to move past the awkwardness, asks what their next move is. Ben, who just wants to forget about everything he just heard, steps up and, and says that he doesn't trust this other Reed. Why would he steal the ultimate nullifier? Sue asks Reed, what was the exact research they were doing? Reed asks, or Reed tells her that they were discovering other worlds, but he also mentioned that their research would stop them from being destroyed. 
Why does he need the ultimate nullifier to do that? What is he really planning? Reed decides that their team has to go to the council. Johnny asks, why don't they... Why, won't they be apprehended for breaking these rules? No other people other than Reed in the council. Reed is confident that the other versions of himself will listen to reason. The rest of the family aren't so confident. Reed asks Valeria and Franklin for their help, jumping across the multiverse to get to the council. Val pulls out their earth hopper, and they all get into position to leave immediately. Frank has to use the bathroom, and so does Johnny. Ben mentions, Yep, there definitely are kids. <laughs> The family teleports out of the 616. The Fantastic Four and their children land in the Council of Reeds. The, their portal drops them in the middle of the Great Hall, surrounded by other, like countless Reed Richards. The members all stare at them, stunned that Reed brought his family to their place of sanctuary. Reed215 approaches the group, asking Reed if he's crazy. He knows he's not supposed to bring them. Reed asks where the head is but 1610 approaches them. He tells the other reeds to gather round and see how they've been betrayed. He boasts, calling our reed a selfish egomaniac who only cares about himself, whereas he is trying to save the planes of existence. Reed demands to know where the ultimate nullifier is. You've been very coy with the council's ultimate goal. What are you really planning to do? As more reeds gather, one pops amongst the crowd. He recognizes Valeria and Franklin. They're his children, for this Reed is the one who was married at the beginning of our story. He lived his life, and he had children. He hugs his kids in front of the crowd. Valeria and Franklin, they hug their father back, and their father vouches for them and the others. He's trying to calm the crowd. The, multi, the Miles Teller Reed takes this into consideration, but then he instantly shoots the father vaporizing him. Valeria and Franklin are distraught and reach for their father's disintegrating body, but they're too late. He's gone. They cry, and Sue comes to comfort the twins. Reed 1610 rises above the worried crowd, stretching above high as a pillar above the Fantastic Four. He yells that these people are threats to their purpose. He says, the universe is not random. We are proof of that. Read, us are destined to save this existence, no matter what, no matter who. The rest of the reeds are terrified of their leader, so they do what he says, and they seize the Fantastic Four. Sue uses a force field to shield herself and the kids, while Johnny flies and fights off different versions of Reed. Ben goes up against a Hulk Reed. <laughs> Reed fights off as many of himself as he can, but he's overpowered. Reed 215 helps him by pulling the other Reeds away from the family. 215 tells him that they need to leave and come back with reinforcements because right now they're being killed. 1610 shoots Reed 215 in the back, killing him. Reed holds the, fist, the first doppelganger he ever met while he dies. 215's last words, find it, Reed, what you're looking for. He's gone. Above the fight, Reed 1610 aims a surgical EMP at Valeria, shooting her transporter. He makes sure that the 1610 won't come back. He orders his army to push the Fantastic Four into the portals designated to their home. 1610 yells at Reed, I'm a maker, Reed, and you are going to see my creation very soon. The Fantastic Four with Valeria and Franklin, are pushed back home. The family lands in Reed's apartment. Ben helps Sue to her feet. Johnny is freaked out. Franklin hugs Valeria, who's in tears. 
Reed freaks out in front of them. He has nothing, no plan. He starts having a panic attack, but is immediately approached by Sue. She tells him to follow her to get some air. As the two walk out, Sue looks back to her husband, and Ben nods to her. Johnny heads to the kitchen to whip himself up some tea. Ben is offered some, but takes a beer instead. He sits on the couch, sipping his Budweiser, looking at Franklin and Valeria. Franklin rubs his sister's shoulders, and Ben can't help but ask, was Reed a good dad? Franklin says that he was the best. Valeria manages through her sobbing to say that their father would read to them every night at bed, no matter what. Ben sits there, contemplating everything. Reed and Sue are on the roof of the Baxter building. She guides Reed through some breathing exercises. Reed believes that this whole thing is his fault, all because he wasn't sure of what he wanted with Sue during their relationship and after. He misses being with her for so long, but accepted that she was with Ben. It's damn complicated. He doesn't know what the word is. Sue tells him, closure. You wanted closure. Reed and Sue look at each other. He nods his head. She tells him that these kids need that too. They're the only ones who can help. Reed mentions that they might not be the only ones. He knows someone that could be just the edge they need. The two head back down to the office, and Reed tells Ben that he needs his surprise a bit early. In the garage stand the four heroes and the twins. Ben tells Sue that he was waiting until their anniversary to show her this, but he pulls off the curtain. Ben reveals his project, a flying car, fit with four seats. Sue is impressed with her husband's ingenuity. He tells her... Uh, wife that he would call it the awesome car franklin butts in saying that on his world they called it the fantastic car it sounds better reed tells them that they need to fly his contact to his contact across the world and fast johnny will stay at the baxter building with franklin and valeria to keep an eye on the kids while reed sue and ben fly the fantastic car off they agree, but before they leave, Johnny blasts the sides of the car with fire, adding those flames, making it look lit. Hey. The three fly out of the garage, with Ben piloting the car. He asks Reed where they're headed to. He tells him to see an old friend. In a couple hours, the three enter Eastern European airspace, landing in a state newly renovated, new buildings, new airport. It's gleaming, a utopia built up the last near decade. The country was once known as Sokovia, but due to terrorist attacks from lifeless threats, it was destroyed. The country was built back up by a lone Sokovian man who established a new government that follows of a North Korea, but the citizens still love their leader as their own blood. To move on from the country's past horrors and tragedies, the country's new prime minister renamed it to Latveria. Reed, Sue, and Ben land at an airport and are escorted through the streets of the country by Latvarian soldiers. They head to the main palace, but are met halfway by Reed's contact, his old friend and colleague from MIT, Victor Von Doom, ruler of Latveria. The citizens of Latveria treat Victor as a god, but he treats them as family. Victor kisses Sue's hand and hugs his old friend, Reed. Ben stands there and sizes Victor up, but this doesn't face the Latvarian. He welcomes them to his home and brings them to his palace where they can talk more. In, <laughs> in the palace, Reed tells Victor of their situation and that they need his help, knowing that Victor is a genius more so than him. Together, they need to make a new device that can help them hop dimensions and stop Reed 1610. Victor asks why Reed didn't go to the Americans or the Avengers for help. 
Reed tells him because he's worked with Victor and knows his genius very well. And to be frank, he trusts him. Victor finds one problem. If he helps them fight, what of Latveria and his people? He can't leave them to stumble into chaos if they lose the fight. His country has gone through that before, and Victor will never let that happen again. Someone needs to stay in Latveria and keep Victor's people together. Victor nominates Sue, the most powerful of the four, and the only one he truly trusts. Ben says that he won't leave Sue alone and will stay with her in Latveria. Victor is openly jealous of Ben and Sue's romance, mentioning that it's never too late for her to become a first lady. Sue doesn't know how to answer, and Ben huffs out of frustration. Reed, who gets down to business, mentions that the other Reed has an army, but Victor tells him, you have me. <laughs> Victor summons into his hall a small army of recommissioned robots taken from the metal and scraps of the once villainous Ultron that yes. were left in Sokovia years ago. Victor refers to them as his doom bots. Ben refers to them as a revolt in development. Due to his genius, within 30 minutes, Victor will have the interdimensional device ready, and they're going to enter battle. In this time, Sue and Ben command a small Latvian military unit to work crown control. And Reed calls Johnny, who is still at the Baxter building, with Valerian Franklin. He tells him to stay vigilant, for anything might happen. Johnny confirms it, and Reed tells Valeria and Franklin, over their communicator, that he'll do everything he can to save their family and their world. Victor comes out with a new interdimensional transporter and a suit for battle. The armor is made up of the same vibranium that built Ultron's final body and is draped in a green cloak representing his nation's colors. He tells Reed that they're ready to go and equips him with a Latvian rifle. Victor tells Reed that he has to promise him that if anything happens to him, Latveria will be cared for. His people need protection. That's his only reason for helping. Reed promises his old friend, and Victor grins at him. The two open a portal and enter with their platoon of Doombots, leaving Latveria, Earth-616, Ben, and Sue behind. When our heroes exit the portal and enter the chamber of Reed, it's completely different. It's barren. It's cold. It nearly destroyed. Different Reeds from different worlds lie all over the place, dead, killed. Reed leads Doom and his Doombots through the hall slowly and vigilantly. The squad enters the main hall, where they see Reed 1610 looking through the window endlessly into the negative zone. 1610 welcomes them to his home, revealing that the negative zone was once his home universe, where he and his family lived, until something else decided to destroy it. Now, Reed 1610 will become something new to restore everything. He is not Reed anymore. He's the maker. Ooh. For he will converge all the multiverse together to create an ultimate universe Hell yeah. and will take Reed's family for himself. Reed asks the maker why he killed the other Reeds, the other universes, and not him. Simple. He wanted to save him for last. 1610 hates Reed. Everything about him. He finds him weak, ungrateful for what he has. But worst of all, he lived the life he always wanted. When you were walking past our other selves, lying there dead, you didn't feel the least bit guilty? Admittedly, Reed did. The Maker recognizes Doom. He recognizes Victor, saying that he had to kill one of him before. Doom chuckles, responding, Bah! 
There's been none like me before. Victor orders his doombots after the maker who laughs them off. The maker unveils cages of the multidimensional creatures that Reed sent away. The maker lied about killing them all off. And the monsters fight the doombots, Victor and Reed. We got doombots versus zombies, mole men, <sighs> monsters, all that shit. Quickly, quickly, Victor covers himself with a helmet and attacks the creatures alongside Reed, who shoots at his doppelganger. Some of the monsters and doombots fight and fall into different portals in the, com in the council hall and land in different dimensions. In Latveria, Sue and Ben guide different citizens to their homes with the help of soldiers. A portal opens behind them with monsters from the council spilling out. The Thing and Invisible Woman fight the monsters off, away from the Latverians. They're helped by the soldiers, who follow Ben deeper into the fight. Ben... Before he is completely gone, he grabs Sue and gives uh, Sue grabs him, excuse me, and gives her a kiss, gives him a kiss for good luck. <laughs> he tells her that he'll be back. As Sue protects people with her force fields, she gets a call from Johnny, who's back home at the Baxter Building. Johnny fights off some mole men and zombies alongside Willie, while Valeria and Franklin help evacuate students. Johnny is on the phone with Sue, asking what the hell is going on. Over the phone, she. She tells him to keep the kids safe and to lead them to the bunkers. Johnny says okay and gets another call from his agents. They tell him that Time Magazine wants a statement on the chaos from the Fantastic Four. Johnny yells back, I don't know shit, quote me. <laughs> b back at the council, Reed shoots his rifle at the maker who avoids the attacks, predicting them due to probability. While ignoring the fight around him, he prepares the convergence engine attached to the stolen ultimate nullifier with this he'll be able to collide the universes victor gets the maker's attention by landing a blow on him the maker arms himself with a giant headgear that allows him to scan doom's body armor finding the weak spots he jabs doom's pressure points disabling his armor in key areas at this after this he throws victor across the hall Reed charges at the Maker, blasting at him with the rifle, but is ineffective when the doppelganger activates personal shields. The rifle runs out of ammo, and Reed goes hand-to-hand, -hand, but is quickly bested. Reed is thrown to the ground. The Maker above him pulls out his vaporizer aimed right for his head. Before he can pull the trigger, Victor manages to fix his armor and makes his way to the convergence engine. He knows that the Maker won't stop, so he fidgets with the machine, overheating it. Because of this, the machine will soon self-destruct and enough energy to implode and destroy the council hall. The Maker sees Doom disrupt his plans and calls him the first and last competent Von Doom. The maker aims his gun at the window behind Victor and shoots it. Victor is sucked out of the window and pulled into the endless negative zone, but he holds on for dear life onto the edges of the window. The maker notices this and once again shoots at Victor, but this time he hits his face. Because of this shot, Victor lets go and falls into the vacuum of the negative zone, quickly disappearing and falling into the unknown. Victor Von Doom's last words are heard throughout the dead universe. Richards. <laughs> Reed yells for his friend. And enraged, he punches the maker so hard that he breaks his hand. This doesn't matter to Reed. He strikes at his other over and over again. The convergence engine is slowly breaking down behind them, ready to blow at any minute, at any second. Reed punches the maker so hard he breaks the helmet and rips it off his head. Reed has the maker in his hands. He has a bloodied face and tear-filled eyes. Reed yells, why? Why do this? The maker, his doppelganger, tells him, 
I wanted them back. Reed's rage lessens and lessens. He drops his head and takes deeper and deeper breaths. He helps the maker to his feet. He's going to get them both out of there. Reed asks him, You want family? You got it. The maker is shocked by his help, realizing that he was wrong. The council shakes, but this is not only felt in the negative zone. At home on Earth 616, the ground shakes and the skies change color hues. In New York, Johnny does his... Uh, does his leads oh johnny leads his students and uh, near people of new york alongside valeria and franklin to the bunkers in latveria ben pulls people out of collapsed buildings and sue uses her force fields to keep people safe as rubble falls as ben holds up a collapsed building a lasting monster comes to attack him from behind as the monster charges, Ben is saved by Sue, who uses a force field to push the monster into the rubble. Ben smiles when Sue gives him a wink. At the council, the two Reeds try to escape. The maker asks, after everything, how can he be forgiven? Reed tells him that on his earth, he will answer for what he's done, but Reed will do everything he can to rehabilitate the maker. Again, he asks why. Reed tells him that because he has to deal with what's happened. He needs a second chance to make things right. He needs closure. The Miles Teller Reed cries. The device is about to explode. When Reed opens up a portal, it's unstable due to the high energy signature of the universe. The Maker pushes Reed through it, telling him that the blast could break the multiverse, but he can control it, the reach manually. Like you said, Reed. Closure. Reed objects, but the portal closes. He's on Earth-616, unable to reach his counterpart. In the council, Reed 1610 makes his way to the device, configuring it. He looks at his halls, everything he's built. He's proud. Reed 1610 closes his eyes. The device explodes, destroying the council center, the maker, and shakes the foundation of reality. Earth 616 feels the impact, but isn't hurt by it. The last reality wave passes, and people around the world around the universe, are safe. Some interdimensional meteorites pass through the atmosphere, landing throughout the world. Sue and Ben are standing together in the town, hand in hand. Sue looks at him, asking, Is it over? He tells her, It's a lot of things, but it ain't over. The couple hug and look at the citizens celebrating their survival. Reed is in the hall of the Latvian palace, he sits alone, victorious but saddened by the sacrifice made. He makes his way to the villages of Latveria, meeting with Sue and Ben, surrounded by the citizens. He gives the people a torn piece of Victor's cloak, signifying his death. The people mourn, and Reed is comforted by Sue and Ben. Later, Reed, Sue, and Ben fly to the New York City with celebration, for the world has survived another day. They land in the Baxter building, met by Johnny, Valeria, and Franklin. Johnny hugs his sister, Sue, uh, while Ben sees Reed console the children. He grins. A couple days later, at the steps of the Baxter building, the Fantastic Four hold a press conference, updating the public on what's transpired. Latveria has become more of a democracy, electing a new prime minister named Morgana Le Fay, and keeps a strong relationship with the U.S. government and specifically Reed Richards. A week after the press conference, Susan, Ben, and Johnny are joined by Reed in their apartment. They want to discuss with him how they're going to move forward in a way that isn't awkward and doesn't break their family. Reed assures them that they won't have to worry. 
It's actually convenient that they are meeting because he's had something important on his mind. Reed's leaving the Baxter building. He's leaving New York with Valerian Franklin. They'll be traveling across the world and then the multiverse to help areas that were hurt by the interdimensional wave, starting with Latveria. They need time. For so long, Reed tried to carry the whole world on his shoulders, but with these kids, he can see a chance to start fresh, to become a better man. He's leaving the Baxter building in the care of Sue, Ben, and Johnny. They're more than capable to help these kids. Ben asks him how long they'll be gone, and Reed isn't sure. He just knows that those kids are his responsibility now. It's time for him to put the first. Re Sue is very proud of him. Johnny leaves the room momentarily to take a call. Out in the hall, Johnny is on the phone with his agents. He has a hot Cheetos commercial to shoot, along with a dozen advertising meetings. Also, he needs to skip the next three meals for a photo shoot coming up. Feeling overwhelmed, he peeks back into the apartment, seeing his family smiling together, and he takes a deep breath. He tells his agents to bite him and that he's done. Reed hangs up the phone, or Johnny hangs up the phone and goes back to them. Reed asks Johnny if everything's all right, and he responds, yeah. So, I'm the new principal, right? Reed actually had the job in mind for Sue, if she's up for it. Sue is shocked, but the truth is she's the best fit. She's intelligent, innovative, caring, and she'll have a great support system. Sue looks at Ben, who grins at her. She accepts the job. She and Reed shake hands. Reed heads out, on his way to get the kids ready to leave. No time like the present to do something good. Before leaving, Reed looks back at his family, telling them, I'd wish you all the luck, but you're you. He leaves. <laughs> Later that day, Sue, Ben, and Johnny walk through their halls. Ben talks about how he wants to beef up the security. While saying this, he passes Willie, who gives him a dirty look. Johnny questions their name. So what, we're now the terrific three? How's this going to work? Sue tells him that even though Reed's leaving, their family isn't at all smaller. It's actually bigger and better. The three of them look out a giant window, seeing the city of New York, bright and hopeful. Up in the sky, something flies, moving fast. In the sky is Reed, flying the fantastic car with Valeria and Franklin. He stops to look back at the Baxter building one last time. Franklin asks if he's sure he's ready to leave, and he is. Reed tells him, It's been a long time since I've gone on a road trip. Valeria smiles at Reed, telling him, Second star to the right. Reed smiles and flies off with the kids, heading to the new day. post credit scene. In Latveria, Reed and Valeria and Franklin help with the construction of a dilapidated building. Reed is approached by the new Prime Minister, Morgana Le Fay, who tells him how grateful they are for them. Before, with Victor, Latveria was strong, but they were isolated. She's happy now that with Reed's help, they can purify the country's legacy and keep Victor's spirit alive alongside. Reed agrees. Morgana asks Reed, after they help with the rebuilding of Latveria, where he and his children are off to, he tells her that the multiverse was fractured because of the Maker's actions. He and his kids are the only ones who can put it all back together. After saying this, Reed receives a message. The audio signal is disrupted and broken, but Reed manages to clean it up. The sound of a battle can be heard through the device. A man's voice comes through. This is an SOS. SOS from the planet Zenla. Our people need help immediately. 
My name is Norrin Rad. Whoa. Please help us. <laughs> the message ends. Reed is quiet for a moment. He calls Valeria and Franklin over, telling them that he knows what their next stop will be. The Fantastic Four will oh, return. Oh my god, dude. Dude, I want that to be... <laughs> I don't want the movie no more, man. <laughs> I don't want the movie no more. Dude, that sounds awesome. That was awesome. That was epic. That was epic. From the beginning, I uh, wrote down some things I really loved about it. Oh, I, I really love the fact that you continued the multiverse, uh, like you, you continued the focus of the multiverse, and I love uh, the fact that we didn't get like um, different characters. We got the same of Reed. It, it gave me like a kind of like a Spidey verse vibe, mm-hmm. uh, which I really appreciated. I love seeing that you paid respect to failed uh, Reeds. Um, yeah. Uh, in terms of the previous, film adaptations, yeah. yeah, yeah, film adaptations, which I felt like was um, it was important to the theme of failure, yeah, and coming back, yeah, you know, because those versions of Reeds weren't uh, the best. They weren't the best, but I love the way that you use them here, and I would actually really appreciate if they did do that. Mm-hmm. If they did do, if they were gonna do a multiverse, that they did use Miles Teller and Ian yeah. uh, in these read roles. I think if the M- MCU used them, mm-hmm. it would be really, really cool to see. Uh, I love seeing the the shared intelligence of, of all the reads. I love seeing, um, I don't know, just also as Reed as his own antagonist. I think it's really interesting. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen that before. To be honest, yeah. I mean, I've seen Reed become a villain, but mm-hmm. I've never seen Reed as a villain um, because of the multiverse and stuff. Yeah, that's really cool to me. Uh, I loved the fact that you made Val and Frank those twins, the the children mm-hmm. of Reed. That was really, really because uh, they have kids in the comics. Yeah, right? they do. Yeah, in a different way yeah. where it's actually their children. Yeah, because obviously in the comics, Sue and Read are yeah. married. They have children. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and I love seeing them here in this story because it it shows Reed and Sue and and the rest like Johnny and Ben like what they could expect, mm-hmm. like the potential for their family to grow. Yeah, um, the severity of the situation if you know the end of the world does occur, they could yeah. lose their kids. Yeah, even though they're not their kids, like. They could lose the potential of their family from growing, you know, Jesus. and and the inclusion of Val and Frank just pushes that message of of family even more. You know, the mm-hmm. stakes are much higher when they're included in this story. Yeah. I love that. Uh, I, I love, love that. shit. <laughs> I love I love the theme of closure and mm-hmm. how how vital it is for for Reed to receive that so that he can move forward as a character. I love the idea of. Uh, the 1610 read mm-hmm. killing the other reads. Yeah. Uh, it's fucked up. It, 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 it's uh, very familiar to a movie I love, which deals with the multiverse. The very first movie I've ever Uh-oh. seen regarding the multiverse with, with Jet Li. Hero. Yeah. Uh, no, not hero. Oh, it's, not hero. It's called the one. Oh, the one. Oh, the sorry. one. Yeah. He, he's not a hero in that. No, he's not a hero in that. Um, I think you would really like that movie. A oh lot. yeah. And, and that one, uh, 
one Jet Li starts killing all the multiverse Jet Li's <laughs> and he becomes stronger because of it. it's so, so cool. But it reminded me of that. Um, but it was scarier because it's Reed Richards, this guy. Yeah, we, we've talked about the intelligence being scary and that's definitely what I was thinking about, you know? Yeah. That's where that idea rooted from, mm-hmm. you know, that if this dude was a bad guy, it'd be bad for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. It would be. Uh, I love that the second chance isn't only uh, referring to them as heroes, but uh, a second chance at their at their um, relationships. Mm-hmm. That to me was really interesting. Uh, I love that you introduced the Fantastic Car, uh, Latveria, Doctor Doom, the Doombots, the Maker. I just really thought it was clever the way you brought it all in. It was creative, mm-hmm. and it just seemed like Reed Richards wrote this crap. Oh, God. I feel like the mole man right now, dude. Yeah, exactly. Dude, it, what, what about the things that, if anything, I'm sure there was, must have been something that wasn't 100% there, 100% working, you know, because when I'm writing this stuff, I'm trying to find it, you know, and it's hard to do that when you're by yourself. You're very biased. Was there anything in it that didn't work specifically? You know, because I'm sure that there are going to be comments where he's like, what? What the fuck, what the fuck has I mean, been with Sue and shit? You know? I mean, listening to it, I, 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 I can't think of anything really. Mm-hmm. I think maybe if I'm, if, if I had to come up with a critique or if, if maybe you could clean up something a bit more. I mean, it's not something that I wholeheartedly believe, but mm-hmm. may, maybe to the average person, it, it could become uh, a little convoluted with yeah. the multiple Earths. Yeah. But, I mean, that's on paper. I think visually it'll work. Mm-hmm. But on paper, I think, uh, you know, with like 1610. I mean, you know, yeah, different numbers, actors, yeah. yeah, different actors. Yeah, different actors. Like it's, uh, it might be hard to follow on paper, but yeah. I got the gist of it. You know, 1610, that guy's a very bad read. You know? <laughs> that's a bad dude. But, but to me, I, I, I thought it worked well. I was engaged with it the entire time. I love the ideas. Mm. I love the new directions it's taken the MCU. Mm. And uh, I hope they do it. I, I hope if I want to do it, if this is going to be a multiverse saga, like yeah. it's interesting as hell to me. Yeah, man. Uh, damn. This, this is exciting because I, I have not, let me just say right now, there is a part three, <laughs> but I haven't started. I, I've, I've started taking notes on ideas and stuff. I haven't written anything yet. Um, I have an idea of where it's going to end up. Part three is going to be it until maybe something else. Uh, but I like trilogies, you know, like I love fucking trilogies. I love it beginning, middle and end. Yeah. And um, I hope I can give you a banger for the end. Um, give me a bang. <laughs> you know, like, especially with the very, very end, the post credit yeah. scene. I mean, I heard you, son. <laughs> what the fuck? No one read. Yeah. No, it was beyond rad. That's what it was. It was beyond rad. Yeah, Brad. No, it, it's you. You set something up that's like I don't know, and I think they both worked on on their own too. Like the first pitch and this sequel pitch. Like mm-hmm. I think they work individually as well, no. which I really really like. That's that's tough. Writing is tough, dude. This shit is is I love it, but it's 
it's tough, you know, because the way I, I was looking at it is like, you're right. It was close to getting pretty convoluted while I was writing it. Yeah, you know, it, I like, bet. I was I was trying to figure out like, because people listen to it. It's obviously not a, a storyboard or anything. There's no movie or animatic or anything. But I'm thinking, oh well, I got numbers here. Will people be able to? understand who i'm talking about mm -hmm. you know and you can only find so many synonyms while you're writing about this type of stuff um it's difficult dude this type of shit so i'm i'm excited to get to work on part three but i'm also very much uh worried because there are some things i have in mind I, I th I, yeah i think i do a, a controversial thing in each part <laughs> the first one this one and then uh yeah the third one probably do it fantastic four is all about change yeah i think so, so. change things up shake it up let, let me ask you similar questions to what i asked you in part one um uh where you brought up an interesting idea that you, while you were listening to it you could picture certain actor, actors in the roles did you did that happen at all with uh, these versions of the characters, other than the ones that are specific actors? Yeah, the ones that are specific actors, spot on. I think the way you used them here were were perfect. Um, I don't think ones came to mind. I was just so focused on, like I was like seeing like the like the the, the comic versions and oh, animated yeah. versions of them. Uh, well, this is heavily influenced by uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Hickman's uh, take on the Fantastic Four, where mm. he introduced the Council of Reeds, and it was a fucking great, wow. uh, awesome thing. There, there are some things in that, um, like if they do introduce a Council of Reeds into the MCU, mm -hmm. there are elements in it from the comics that I think they would bring into a movie that I did not bring here. Like in the comics, there the head there are heads of the council, and they have fucking infinity gauntlets from different universes. And damn, bro. I, I was I was partly contemplating whether I would do that, but I felt that the infinity stuff was behind us at this point. Just want to focus on these characters. Yeah, damn, bro. Bring in Illuminati, Reed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I don't know, man. It's it's messed up, but um. I'm excited, dude. I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to read the next one for you. If, Same, man. If, if it ever happens, you should sit with this, and then for the new year, yeah, start start really getting uh, yeah. into it. New year, yeah. new Fantastic Four. This is a good point. I want to. It's one of the things where you want to get onto it like that, but I'm pretty fucking tired, and it's near 4 a.m. <laughs> so, so you know, I probably finish up the year doing other stuff and then we'll take care of it yeah is that it you got any last thoughts i loved it well, just keep you. doing your thing thank you thank you everybody thank you, you know how to write boy thank you you I'm, know these I'm, characters i'd like to i'd like to <laughs> all right guys it's been three years of the GOAT podcast, which means we've had three years worth of videos like this where we've pitched, we've talked, we've discussed, we've done it all, and we're going to keep doing it all. So please let us know what you want to hear. Did you like this pitch? Did you hate it? I'm sure plenty of people hated it, but that's okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm Julius. And I'm Angel. Stay fantastic. Goodbye. 
The GOAT Podcast is proof you don't have to look any further for movie news, reviews, trailer reactions, or special discussions. Subscribe, get notified about what's going on, and I promise you'll be entertained by our daily content on YouTube. If you want more, we're on Twitter at GOAT Film Podcast, Instagram The GOAT Podcast, and The GOAT Movie Group on Facebook. Get connected with us, see what's happening, and make sure to love it while you're doing so.